Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is brought to you by the Friends in Recovery community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction. Join our hosts as they speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery. Hi, everybody. I'm Jersey Ed, along with Skyler. Noontime with Sky. I never get your right your name right, Sky. Noontime with Sky, and welcome to the Friends in Recovery podcast, where we talk about recovery and everything about recovery that goes with recovery. So, uh, Sky, how you been? I am pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain. I know this is getting old, but I see you in your coffee shop again. Everybody's like, oh, is he going to say the coffee shop? Yeah, just got done class. You know, I'm here. I had a latte, just did a little study. And and now I just want to talk with Jersey Ed. Check out what's going on in the recovery world. That's it. Recovery (laughs) world. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in. Um, Real quick, our guest today, and I'll bring her on in a minute, is Amy Guerrero. She's um, She has a coaching business called Thrive, um, Thrive in Recovery Coaching. And we'll find out a little bit more about that and how she's got there. But a couple of things I want to go over. I do want to say hello to, um, I'm, I'm at a conference today. I'm at the 2021 Pro- Province Survi- um, Safety and Survival Conference. I don't know if you can see my shirt, but here it is. Um, I'm wearing uh, nice. this shirt. Anthony Lancelotti um, asked me to come today. Um, and if you guys know Dan DeGrace from our other channel, from Answering Call the First Responders podcast, if you go back a few uh, a few shows, uh, the Podfather and I um, uh, interviewed Dan DeGrace, and he was the keynote speaker this morning. And I just want to thank you, Anthony, for having me here. Um, so in between classes and, and stuff, I'm, I'm here doing the podcast. Uh, I'm actually in my hotel room, but you guys would never know what the... Uh, my wonderful background going on. So the, <laughs> the wonders of technology today, right guys? Yep. That's <laughs> um, so true. A couple of things before we, we bring Amy on, I'd like to uh, just tell everybody about our uh, October's giveaway is the power of now by Eckerd Toll. Um, please keep those emails coming in. Um, I will pick a winner at the end of the month and we will send you out the book. Um, wonderful book. I've read it a couple of times and it's just some, something everybody in recovery, actually every human being should read. Um, but we'll maybe, maybe we'll interview him one day and uh, get him on the show. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, Facebook, Instagram, friends and recovery communities, friends and recovery adventures, please look, um, look us up, um, you know, kind of subscribe to, to, uh, to us and follow along. The shows are always posted on there every week. Um, and of course we couldn't do this without Genesis house. So if you go to genesishouse.net, you can see our podcasts on there or any of your favorite podcast catchers, or just go, just go support the website and say hello to Genesis house. And if any of your loved ones are struggling, um, you know, contact us and, you know, we're, we're always here. So, so you're at the, uh, the, the, the coffee shop, you're, um, you're just done with school and. Life yeah, right outside Rutgers, you know. Right outside Rutgers, that's yeah. it. That's the Rutgers Friends and Recovery Coffee Shop, right? <laughs> yeah, right in the city of, you know, in lovely Camden. <laughs> <laughs> lovely Camden. <laughs> if anybody know, doesn't oh. know Camden, New Jersey, they think what top five in the uh, most murders in the country, I think. So, Something like that. So if you see this coffee shop's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a beautiful place in Camden, New Jersey. Yes. So. But I'm glad to hear you're doing well, Sky. And uh, 
alumni yes, meetings are going good and all that yeah. where everything's all right, good, good. Definitely. Good, excellent. Well, I'm excited to bring our, our next guest on. Um, I know nothing about her, okay, <laughs> except for the text message she just sent to me because we were supposed to do this show back in July, the beginning of July or something. And I know I interviewed, I we, her and I spoke. And I'm like, yeah, I got all this shit down. I'm going to remember everything. And, you know, it's October now. I can't even remember what I did this morning, okay, let alone back in fucking in July. So I'm Progress, bring, not perfection. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm going to bring Amy uh, Guerrero on and have her tell us all about what she does and some of her wonderful um, things that she accomplished in her life. So Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, what up? It's great to be with you all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how's, uh, how's life in Texas? You're coming from Texas, calling us from Texas today, correct? It's a bit of a culture shock coming from California for the last 20 yeah. years. I mean, I grew up here. Um, I, I find myself a little emotionally charged by a lot of the things that are happening here. Um, and so I, I get to sit with that. I got my voter registration card like five minutes before we got here. So it's like I got to vote for Newsom in California. And now I'm committed to like supporting Texas to maybe change some shit because it's weird here. So Texas, and, uh, California to Texas, that is a complete culture shock. Politically, definitely, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, and I'm not like very political, but I do believe in my body deeply. Yeah. And that's why I got here. And that's what my recovery is all about. So it's like, it definitely lights a fire. And I have, I chose like a while back not to have children and I've never been pregnant, but like the shit matters. And mm -hmm. so I'm pretty passionate about it. Yeah. Good. Good, good. Well, this is not a political show. It's a recovery show, but we all yeah. are entitled to our own opinions. We're all entitled to what our beliefs are. And that's what makes us a, a you know, that's it's what makes the recovery world wonderful, makes recovery Absolutely. world our beliefs. You know, some people may not believe in God. Some people may believe in Buddha, uh, whatever it is. It just brings us into a big, huge melting pot of people getting better. And that is just the 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 wonderful part of recovery is that there's no political there's no um bullshit there's everything everybody's one so thank you for bringing that up and um and being who you are today and um you want to tell us a little bit how you got to who you are today and and what you kind of do at thrive uh thriving with Th thrive for recovery does thrive and recovery yeah thrive and recovery does yeah um well i mean that's why i mentioned that because it's all about my body and it always has been um, you know, trauma lives in the body. And I was introduced to um, trauma work when I was like in college in the 90s and um, somatic experiencing. And I knew like I knew that like my body never really felt great. And that's why I, you know, escaped it as often as possible. And that's why I drown it in alcohol and drugs and um, all the things that I did. You know, I mean, it was so hard to regulate my nervous system. It was so hard to like, just be in my body. And, um, and so I found other ways, you know, I mean, I started practicing yoga about in the same time that I found cocaine, which is so fun. Um, <laughs> but like, ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember I was like in the same, like 60 days, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> right. Both of them. And so it's like, I had this like deep consciousness of, uh, I want to, I want to get better. Mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever thought that I was going to get sober. Like mm -hmm. that was never in my thing. Wow. They just didn't yeah. really 
think about that. But at the, the further along I went in my life, the more I used alcohol and drugs to cope. Mm-hmm. And it, it got really hairy around 37 I, or 36 really is when I had the thought that I was going to heal all my trauma before I turned 40. So I would like walk into my 40s, like totally <laughs> healed and all the things. I was in San Francisco <laughs> at the time and I had a plan. I didn't have a lot of support. I didn't have like um, a team around me because I was so like strong headed and running my life and my masculine energy at that point. And, uh, and so about six months into that journey, I became chemically dependent on alcohol. Mm-hmm. And when I became chemically dependent on alcohol, like it was terrible because mm-hmm. I, w- I didn't ever feel like people would meet me where I was at. I went to treatment like a bazillion times. I worked the steps. I did all the things that none of it was really resonating with me. And I couldn't find someone who knew um, the recovery space as far as substance misuse and trauma to really meet me where I was at. The mm-hmm. treatment centers would say they did that, but that's not what they did. And it was just so frustrating. So um, I really took that, um, that statement that they say in the 12 step rooms, like if you drink, you'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, very like unconsciously, I took it very seriously. And so I, I purposely drank to die. And that lasted for about two years um, where I was just like, anytime I would relapse, I was like, okay, cool. I'll die this time. Mm-hmm. And then I won't have to, to deal with life because fuck, I don't want to walk through life without my favorite coping mechanism. I, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how many times when I was using, I wish I, I was working in one of those big boxes. Something would fall on my head and kill me, or I would my car would roll, or you go off the side of the road. And I'd smash into the side, or I drink too much. I do so much cocaine that my heart would explode. I can identify with that a thousand percent. I mean, I get that, and and you know that that's like you didn't think there was any hope out there. You know what I mean? Especially, and I don't have trauma in my life, so I can't imagine how many times you know, kind of magnified that is with trauma in your life, you know? Um, yeah, quick question. and it sucks because you re-traumatize, or I, mm. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I re-traumatized myself with every move in that direction yeah. because it was so familiar to my body to be in that much discomfort. I was like, oh, well, this is normal for me. Yeah. Normal, whatever. Right? But on the outside, I looked super successful. I was making like <laughs> over six figures. I had it all together. I owned my own business, <laughs> da, da, da. So yeah, it was definitely fragmentation and masks. Joy comes from within. I always say joy. You cannot get joy from material um, things or money or anything along those lines. And it's a proof. Look at Robin Williams, man. Let's, let's just take mm-hmm. him for, you know, a poor guy, you know, he had more money than we can ever imagine. And he hung himself on a fucking doorknob. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the mental health piece of all this. So I want to ask you, he lived question. up, he lived up the street from me in San Francisco. Oh, did he so really? He ate wow. at the same restaurant often. And I saw him in the recovery rooms. Mm-hmm. Oh my wow. God. Yeah. And it's, you know, we never really realized that the underlying trauma can push us to do what, what he did, you know, and even recovery. I mean, you know, if you're out there suffering about this, if there is some trauma going on in your life, you know, work on that too. I think it, earlier in the sh- well earlier before we came on the show you said you got into your recovery trauma before you got into substance abuse trauma. You want to talk a little bit about that and why that's might be really key and important to your healing and maybe some other people's healings out there? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, um, I I really was like on this mission to figure out like why my I was constipated all the time, why my my body just couldn't really relax or go into like what I call now a ventral flow energy. I just started polyvagal, it just kind of started to be introduced, but I knew that my body had some answers. And I also knew that, you know, because of the um the way that my childhood went, um, like I had a lot of stuff that was very unprocessed and stuffed down. And I started using, you know, alcohol to numb it when I was like 13, like 12 ish, 13 ish. But I didn't realize that I was doing that. Right. You know, it's just like, no one tells you like, Oh, you're doing that because you have a dysregulated nervous system. You know, your parents don't walk around saying that shit, (laughs) but I knew. And so, you know, a part of my story was like, I had to kind of break away from the Mexican culture traditions and all the things that my family knew to really start learning about this stuff. And I, I believed in like the root cause of it. I was like, I'm very curious. My dad used to call me sneaky. My dad's a first responder. And so are all my uncles, by the way. So I really have a heart for the first responder community. And um, of course they just wanted to like fix it Mm -hmm. all the time. But when I was little, my mom wasn't around and my dad would call me sneaky because I was always like trying to sneak around and listen to all the adult conversations. And um, I think like that pattern throughout my life, that curiosity mm-hmm. is what saved me, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because that's what trauma healing is. It's getting really curious about the sensations in the body to marry them to the behaviors and patterns that we've created to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And Oh, I love that. Behaviors <laughs> and patterns to keep me safe. Goosebumps. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And I it's like how so you say, Amy, like, it's like, like you said, like this wasn't the plan. Like that's what I always say too. Like this was not what, what my life was going to bring. This wasn't the plan, but this is where we're at. And like, I love it though. At the same token, oh, we were supposed to be like on porches, you know, still drinking and smoking weed and we're 90, you know, or if Nashodamus himself told me, Scott, they're going to get clean in, in, in 2008, I'd be like, yeah, screw yeah, <laughs> you. Exactly. know, I, I would, but yeah. this is the plan. This is where I'm at. And I love it. Like it's, mm. it's beautiful. It really is. Absolutely. Amy, explain trauma living in the body. You mentioned that a couple of times for some of the people that don't understand that. And I believe there's a book about that too. Isn't there a really good book, something about trauma living in the body and, and I, I forgot yeah, the name. Some of my teachers, I'll drop their names right now. Um, Bessel van der Kolk wrote The yes. Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. Yes. And that's something I definitely recommend to anyone, any human that's breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, Stephen Porges is one of my teachers. Um, he's the, he, the way that he describes trauma is it's the chronic disruption of connection. Mm. Mm. And if we think about like what recovery is based in, it's connection. Because I, my, my longest lasting best relationship in my life was with alcohol and other substances, but alcohol was my like real love affair. Mm. And I was connecting to that first in order to connect to the world. And connecting to the, to constantly, the versus, yeah. versus the world. Well, first. no, I was connecting to the wine. Oh, and okay. the vodka the and the tequila yeah, yeah. to the alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. then I would connect with humans. So I was in a chronic state of disconnection. disconnection yeah. My mom split when I was a couple months old, like the, all the whole thing, like just, you know, and then I didn't really feel safe to connect deeply with myself because I was so afraid of being abandoned 
all the time. Mm. But that's what drove all of my behaviors. Like mm. every single one of them, like mm. the four men I've been in love with, they would say like, oh, poor Amy, like she's so anxiously attached all the time. But mm. this was all just stored in my body. Mm. Unmet needs you know, like lack of like being able to be clear about what I actually needed because I would people please, I would behave mm -hmm. in all of these ways. And what we know is that these patterns and behaviors, the nervous system isn't able to function in a flow state because it's either sympathetic or, or you know, it's, it's going fight flight all the time mm -hmm. or it's going freeze. And so it's not reaching that state of like, that, it, you know, that comes so easily to me now. Yeah. And that I would have never achieved if I didn't choose abstinence, mm -hmm. right? So that's what's so important in, in, in my life. Mm -hmm. Like all my clients don't choose abstinence. Like mm -hmm. once they get to know their nervous system, they're in recovery from a lifetime of abandoning themselves, mm -hmm. which is really what my work is about. It's like, you've been abandoning yourself and your truth over and over and over. And that's traumatic in itself. That's emotional trauma. Mm. Because then and you don't you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now once you you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to, I don't know if embrace is the right or, or understand uh, my trauma. I guess embrace your trauma and move through it. And is, is that how the healing began? Is And, and I know that's not the, 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 probably the typical term or the right term, but once you kind of know that your trauma is there and you can, work through it that's when the healing began absolutely i think it's you know again so like a lot of the things that i learned through the recovery rooms because i i chose to like study all the different recovery programs okay. and it is it's, it's a deep acceptance which is embracing right it was like this deep acceptance of like i can't change what happened because i spent most of my 20s trying to change what happened um and and doing it with like a lot of like medicinal hallucinogenic experiences like you know using mdma to connect more deeply with my family and friends like i was like doing all these things that are now going to be legal which is going to be so awesome for healing but i wasn't doing it i i didn't exactly know what i was doing i wasn't doing it with a shaman or a mentor mm -hmm. and so like now what i know is deeply accepting it is so much a part of why recovery exists right like oh shit that's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I say this so often, like, um, you know, on the yoga mat, I was taught like, what's my part in it? What's my part in it? What's my part in it? And I started learning that in, in 99. And then when I went to the recovery rooms and heard that, I was like, yes, that I can identify with. I will take full ownership of every behavior and pattern without shame because I created these patterns and behaviors to survive. Mm -hmm. And what I did before recovery, like before abstinence from drugs and alcohol, was I shamed myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Because if I was wrong, then I could play the victim mm -hmm. and then the persecutor. And then I'd wait for someone to rescue me. And mm -hmm. I played in this drama triangle for almost my, you know, all of my 20s and 30s unconsciously, but I own it. Yeah. And yeah. so I, in my work now, I teach people these, these things so that they can like really see their patterns and behaviors mm -hmm. and what led them to responding to life in the way that they did. Mm -hmm. So and patterns, then just oh, okay. start taking it. Yeah, go ahead. 
the patterns and behaviors, everybody has, there's no set patterns and behaviors in a trauma kind of cycle, is there? Um, like you mentioned something, you know, I want to play the victim, then I can be the prosecutor, I can uh, beat myself up all the time. Um, is that is that kind of a, um, a, a trait in, in the trauma um, kind of? That's a human trait. <laughs> true, that is true, because I beat myself yeah. up all the time, but, but, but I'm sure it gets a lot deeper when there's trauma involved because, well, Oh my God, I'm, you know, cause I, I know I, and again, I have no trauma, but you know, like, Oh my God, like today at the keynote speaker, I'm like, fuck, how come I can't be a keynote speaker? Why can't I do shit like that? I'm no good. You know, I really beat myself up for about three minutes sitting there listening to a very good friend of mine who I had to stop and I had to say, what the fuck are you doing? Just listen to what this man has to say. He has a wealth of knowledge and you're sitting here on your ego fucking saying you wish you can do that shit. Fucking put it away and listen to what's going on here. So that's how I had to deal with some of my stuff. But I, again, with the trauma, I don't know if it's kind of, you know, escalates. Things. Well, I think that like there's a misconception about what trauma is. So okay. I think what you're talking about when you say you don't have trauma is big T, which is like, you know, war, you know, sexual yeah. abuse, yeah, all yeah. of the things, yeah. right? But everyone has emotional trauma. Yes, and that's, course. you know, that dialogue in your head is emotional trauma. <laughs> like you're beating yourself up and no one, you didn't have an idea to talk to yourself the way that you do. Someone right. taught you and intergenerationally, mm. the men, the women, the humans mm. in your life pass yeah. that down to you. Yeah. And, you know, you developed this way of thinking about yourself and that can create patterns and behaviors because they're your inner diet. I call it your inner thought life. Your inner thought life is like berating you yeah. and it doesn't feel good. It's huge trauma. It's, uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because you know what? I never thought that as trauma, you know, the beating the self up and not the self low self-esteem, you know, like you said, the big T, the sexual abuse, the um, seeing the dead bodies fighting war, killing somebody to survive, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, but we have day-to-day -day traumas, I guess our body can, can process and get through. Well, and those are actually the complex trauma, the like emotional trauma, the words that our parents use to, to parent us those can actually be more severe than big trauma mm. because they're so subtle that they live in the body in a different way. And Skylar's like shaking her head like, yes, well, yes, yeah. yes, I so get I, that. <laughs> I recently got an ACA and a lot of that is, you know, the survival techniques that we, we learned and then reparenting ourselves, you know, because yep. like you said, our parents teach us so much stuff and we don't even realize yeah. how much it's embedded. Mm. No. Yeah. That, and so it's that's ancestral. Like the, it's like it goes on and on and on and on. Exactly. Just to our kids and all that. So so that little bit of trauma that drips in the bucket here, there, and everywhere as we're growing up and overflows is is probably well, I don't want to say it was probably, but it's just as worse as that quick blow when you get that huge trauma, like immediately, you know, that, oh, I know this isn't right or something's not wrong here, but you know what? My mom and dad told me, you know, to be quiet, to shut up, that your opinion doesn't matter that, you know, I was always told I'm not smart enough to go to a regular school. So I went to a vocational school. So again, that was drip, drip, drip. Okay. My mom's right. Maybe that's right. But I know, you know, in, in the, in the hard trauma in that, that big trauma, you know, killing somebody, sexual abuse, all that stuff, be, getting beaten. We know that's not right. You know, and right, and it sometimes can be easier to heal from, yeah, yeah, because it's a big, but the mm -hmm. complex stuff, all those little voices, they're much more complicated mm. because you don't even believe you don't even realize because it's so unconscious the body's leading you in a certain way of you know going to vocational school instead of going to university, 
-hmm. right? Like, and you're like, I don't know why I'm making this decision. It's not what my higher self wants, like Mm -hmm. bring in the power of now. It's not really what I desire, but it's what I've been trained to do. And I'm going to piss my parents off if I don't do what they say. So I'm going to do this, but you're abandoning yourself. You're abandoning what you really want. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. now you're saying that how, how like and, and I'm just thinking this I'm not and it, it just like our parents were our, basically our higher power at one point in our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I grew up Catholic, but you know, I I believed in God, I believed in all that stuff, and and you know, but my what my mother and father said was gospel, not what the gospel said. I knew Jesus rose and died on a cross and was born here and that and that shit. But the tangible shit is when my mom tells me things or when my dad tells me things and that's what we live on. And that's what we live, breathe and feed on, you know? Yeah. And, and if it's not, and I'm not saying they're perfect, or I'm not saying I'm perfect, but if it's not, if it's beat in a day after day, week after year, year after year, it becomes a huge trauma. That was somewhere one down. of my main motives for getting in the ACA program was because I, I saw my son doing some of the stuff I did and it, it became clear to me. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> timeout. <laughs> and that's kind of what, it, you know, triggered that for me because we see it in ourselves and then, you know, it's, it goes on to our kids. We're doing the same patterns. Yeah. You know? mm. So he- Yeah. And I want to really just mirror to you all that like, that's why I do what I do because yeah. I want to create transitional characters. Mm. I want to create more knowledge of this from the mm. trauma lens so that, you know, I get to see families like it is, there's nothing better than seeing the children like they come to our calls and they're just like whenever my daddy talks to you then da 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 you know whenever my mom talks to you like they know me and I get to be a part of this experience where I'm watching the intergenerational healing happen instead of the intergenerational Mm. trauma happening yeah yeah sister yeah I'm feeling your heart so deeply (laughs) that's pretty cool (laughs) oh that's awesome that's just so exciting that's that's hope right there you know Mm. I, want, I want to talk about your recovery here, if you don't mind, real quick. How did healing from the trauma, um, I don't know, if, how did the healing from the trauma increase or help you heal from the substance abuse? Was it easier to heal from the substance abuse because you had the healing already going in one direction versus, you know, like me beating myself up? Or um, was that like hand in hand? You had to work them both together. Well, No, it wasn't because I wasn't being met with all of my knowledge in the recovery spaces. And because my deepest wound is, I need you to like me because I'm afraid you're going to leave me. I was trying to do abstinence the way that I was told to do it from the recovery spaces, which was abandoning myself over and Mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. So staying off because then I, I felt so lonely, so alone, so misunderstood. My sponsors, everyone was kind of like, we don't know how to help you. Exactly. And so I really had to like, kind of push everything away and find a really safe place. Um, I found, I found a treatment center that kind of, not kind of, like I said, you have to meet me where I'm at. I'm ready to stop, mm-hmm. but I need to have my own time to study my own stuff. I need this. I need that. And even though I blew like over a four that day, that I was there, which is like, you know, there's like, you blew over the men that arrived the same day. But I also was like, I know. And I started my business three months later. Oh my God. I was just so like, yes, this is the thing. Um, so when I stayed stopped, it was like a full on commitment and it was really cool. Like, I mean, talk about something bigger than me at work. Like Soberlink had this like 
thing where they had like anyone who wasn't like court ordered could use their product for six months. And I did like a test trial with them. And so I blew for six months. Um, Now the Vivitrol shot was coming out and I was like, Mm. I'll take it for a couple of months. Like I was willing to put things into my body and do these things because like I knew, like I knew I was going to stay stopped and thrive and recovery was going to be born. And I had been writing my program for the last two months because I knew all these recovery programs weren't working for me. But staying stopped was like the hardest part because I didn't feel like I was being met where I was at. So eventually you were, you got, you were, you, you got met where you were at and then you were able to thrive through all this. Um, is that in AA, NA, um, what, what, what is it in? It's, it's what, what kind of recovery is it? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. It's like my own. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I wasn't really met where I was at. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so I I decided like, okay, I just got to do this the way I'm going to do this. I went to 12 step rooms. I did the things. But I was met with a lot of resistance when I started mm-hmm. my business from the 12 step rooms. And so I stopped going to 12 step meetings because okay. it felt really ugly the way people treated me. Mm-hmm. Again, it was like being a, a pathfinder, a wayfinder, uh, you know, it, it can it can be lonely. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that's why I started Thrive and Recovery is because I don't believe that like one modality, but I don't have like a recovery program other than like the way that I choose consciousness okay. and all of the things that I live. So um, I'm always checking my motive. I, you know, like I learned a lot from life ring, from smart recovery, from 12 step, from all of them. And I have all those books that I really created something special with thrive and recovery because it's really about understanding their nervous system first. What are you going to respond to? Mm-hmm. And then the patterns. And then from there, it's like, okay, what's going to work best for you? Mm. So you're and not telling, re-traumatize, um, traumatize yeah. you. Yeah. So you're, you're tailor making a program for each person. If that's, if they want AA and a little bit of this and that, and, and you kind of, they plug it in to make, uh, you know, Bob's recovery, Frank's recovery, Sal's recovery. And, yeah. and I like that because. You know, I mean, I, I, I owe my life to Alcoholics Anonymous and the rooms of AA and my sponsor, and, and that's my recovery program. But my recovery program may, may not be your recovery program or Skylar's recovery program. And we even know that in business, if I do what, I, what, what you do exactly, um, you know, we, it may not be, it may not work right, you know, and same thing in, in recovery. So trying to um, figure out what my recovery program was, I kept it in the bounds of AA, but I, um, I needed to, um, get it going and, um, and making sure that I, uh, I, I, I do what, again, you said not to get abandoned. Sorry. Somebody just walked into the room and I completely lost my train of thought. I think it (laughs) was you're doing great. um, The, uh, the maids. So anyways, but uh, I never thought of being abandoned in, in recovery was true. And it is because you know what? I had to give up my alcohol. I had to give up my drugs. I had to give up my sex. I had to give up my womenizing. I had to give up all the shit that made me fucking happy. That made me <laughs> happy that I thought it made me happy. Yes. Yes. I, I don't mean <laughs> it made me happy, but I thought it made me happy at the time. And I know today it doesn't, but how do you replace that? And I replaced it with working the 12 steps. I replaced it with you know, all different things, you know, as far as that goes, but I get what you're saying, because maybe this is why we have a ton of relapses, because maybe we're not replacing it with the right shit. 
excuse my language or excuse my my uh, my technical words, but maybe we're not replacing it with the right shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I believe like I worked this up several times and and believe in a, my way, kind of, you know, like I added I adapted them knowing like that I continued to relapse on the fourth step because mm. like I, I wasn't being met where I was at. So I was like, God, oh, this is just too hard. I would read my fifth step and then I was like, Oh, I'm totally drinking to die again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm gonna prove the, those words right. And it's just like every time there was an ambulance coming to my house, like somebody would figure out what I was up to and and I wasn't meant to die, but you're right. Like, how do we understand that pattern? Because it was fun. I'm not mad at alcohol or drugs. I had a great time. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, but I want to experience that same pleasure in mm. my life of consciousness. Mm. And so I do, you know, it took some time to like, let, allow myself to open back up to that pleasure, but I'm there and I'm growing it all the time. Mm. life of consciousness i love you that you said that i've been noticing that's what you've been saying um it's not your recovery it's your life of consciousness is that is that how you look at it now yep 100 percent. Wow. absolutely how, yeah how unconscious were we when we were in that state of of drugs alcohol just destruction in our lives right i mean even destruction you know even even sometimes now i'm unconscious when i'm ready to fucking destroy myself skyla and i were having a text conversation this morning and <laughs> i was in that fucking life of destructiveness you know for a couple minutes and uh you know a little text message between skyla and i and and, and and I got out of it, you know, but but being being that that person that you want to be again, being that person you want to be is real recovery. Yeah. And I just want to. So you just heal. You interrupted your trauma. So mm. you were in that destruction and then you mm. reached out for connection with mm. someone, you know, like and trust. Yeah. yeah. And then, boom, you are back in connection. You are mm. out of that thought life and your mm. body relaxed. Yes. So that's what it's. That's a perfect example. That's a great yeah. way for the listeners yeah. to understand what this is like. But I would have never known that. I'm glad this we were bringing this up, and, and you know, because I'm guessing. Send me an email if everybody thinks I'm wrong or right. But like you said, the big T, the 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 sexual, the um, the killing, the the blood and guts, that kind of trauma. Firefighters, first responders, that is the big trauma that I always thought. I did not think of even this little bit of beating myself up this morning. I'll tell you what it was. I thought I had some stomach pains. I thought I was going to die. You know, and Skylar and I were just going back and forth. You know what? I'm fine now. I don't have a fucking stomach ache anymore. I don't have any stomach pains. I'm not planning my funeral. You know, it's crazy. You're probably he was anxious though at first. because you want to be like you want to be like Dane or yeah. whatever his name is. You were probably having those feelings of like I want to be like him. Your little boy, exactly. your little inner boy was like you know making your stomach hurt. Kicking That's what trauma out, yeah. feels like in the body mm. is a stomach ache. That's mm. one of the first signs of like oh something is stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that that's actually a good question. We're gonna have, we're gonna finish up here. But what yep. are some of the signs of trauma? Well, you know, like like this morning when I was coming up, that. But what are the some of the times that we might be traumatizing, and how can we go about fixing not fixing it, but you know, getting help for it? Yeah. So your your body's constantly responding to you, and your body's constantly talking to you. So constipation and lack of sleep. You know what people call like chronic anxiety, depression. All of those are symptoms of unresolved unresolved things in your life, unresolved responses in your life, then the body goes into freeze or fight or flight and the things get stuck. So, so much of what we're doing in my work is like helping the body 
actually just move through how it wanted to respond the very first time the incident happened, mm. right? So mm. often we want to scream, we want to yell, we want to act like two-year-olds, mm -hmm. right? And we don't, <laughs> we keep that shit stuck inside of us. We don't say what we really mean. We don't move like we really move. And so, so much of, um, of what, like if I gave everyone an easy thing is notice it and name it. Like, mm. wow, I mm. am really activated or triggered right now. Yes, yes. Like my jaw is tight. Mm. My stomach hurts. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Oh, but what people do instead is they start making that wrong and judging it. Mm. Can you stay curious by noticing it and naming it? And when you stay curious, that's where freedom is possible. I so, love that. So love notice that. It. Oh, get it, Sky. I'm sorry. Yeah, the curiousness it, that that yeah. has to keep us going. I love that. But um, and the physical response. I I think that um. I never realized so much of a physical response until I started naming it and being aware that, that like the blood in my arms literally goes cold. It feels that, you know, like you just don't notice these things. And I think I first heard it with Brene Brown. She was saying like, no, like name it pain, pain, pain. Like that would snap her out of it. And I, and that's when I started doing it. And you're right. Like it, we have to name it and there's simple ways to, to start working on it and so start simple. chipping away. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And not to make yourself wrong. Like, Oh, I'm numb. I'm yeah. totally numb right now. And numb is a feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but if we don't, and I like, is like, you know, this notice and name it, but if we don't do that, then we come up with this whole symptom in our head, this whole scenario in our head that is completely not even true. Yeah. So if we say, okay, again, I'll just take my stomach for the, like this morning and you can do it with anything, but okay. I had a pain in my stomach. It was from, I don't know, the bad fish I ate last night, or uh, just being upset about starting to, whatever it was. And name it. It's my stomach hurts and blah, blah, blah. And that's it. And life goes on. If I didn't do that, if I didn't go talk to Scott, I'd be, still be sitting there like, oh, my God, when's this show going to be over my fucking stomach? I have to go to the doctor. You know, I think my anal cavity's falling out or you know, whatever the fuck it <laughs> You would have been on WebMD and you would have like <laughs> self-diagnosed and then you would have gone down the rabbit hole. And <laughs> the ER. You know, and yes. that's what pisses me off about the word alcoholic or addict thinking. Because that's not addict thinking, that's human behavior, mm, but we can interrupt yes. that pattern. Yes. We can interrupt that pattern by noticing, naming, reaching out for connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's- yeah, it's the, like he exposed the fear to me and then he started to feel yeah. better. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. So that, so the whole thing is here, interrupt that pattern of destruction, um, get, get out of the rabbit hole and just go on about life every day and, and think of, you know, of, 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 you know, get through that trauma. So- yeah. And, you know, for someone out there that's listening, that's like their nervous system is so dysregulated that they can't even like go there. Like, that's where we need guidance and support because mm -hmm. it's going to be weird at first. Like yeah. Yeah. In, in rooms with me, I have a group coaching program that we just started and we spent five minutes shaking before we started our class. Right. Like we listen to tribal music and we shake like it's like our bodies do it. And then everybody comes and they're just like, yes. What are we going to learn today? Because mm -hmm. they've just gotten out whatever yeah. the hell was stuck there. And we don't yeah. need to define it. Yes. Like, no. I don't know. Yeah. Something needed to get out of there. Yeah. That's what I would say. You Like, if you want to get out of yourself, turn on some music and dance. That yeah. completely gets you out of yourself. Any of the, and, and I do it all the time. You know, I always give some advice to a couple of people. I said, somebody said, I have a problem at work and blah, blah. You know what? I, I tell, I told, I suggested to them, go into the bathroom at work and dance 
lock the door for five minutes and dance. Who cares? Mm -hmm. If they think you're taking a shoot, who fuck cares? You know, you're going to feel a thousand percent better when you come out of that out of that bathroom that you danced, you know, and you're right. You just sit there and just movement, you know, movement is, is mm -hmm. not, is, is something a lot of us restrict ourselves from. And that's what kind of, kind of pulls us through everything, you know, and I yeah. haven't been running lately too. And because of, I, I do have some, I do have some legit st stomach issues. There is definitely something going on, nothing major, but, um, but, you know, I haven't been running lately and all that stuff and that all that. And as everybody here in the friends recovery world knows, I am a avid runner and I haven't ran and, and I feel all this tension bottled up. So mm -hmm. if there's any advice out there that you can give our listeners, um, what would it be to, 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 to take that right direction besides and notice it and name it, you know, and, and then how can they also get a hold of you if they do want to work a little bit more with you? Yeah, I think what you just said is perfect. And the way that I do it is the breath, sound and movement. Mm -hmm. Like, can you use your breath? Can you use some kind of sound? Like, I mean, my dad calls me like a noisemaker because I'm constantly like, ah, <laughs> you know, and then movement. Like, I mean, I wiggle around, I move, I get up, I, I, I don't confine myself to a space, but that moves things quickly. Mm. And, you know, curiosity is your friend. Mm. Because it takes Explore you out it. of judgment so Explore fast. It. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, and how can they get a hold of you for if they want to um, kind of f see what you're all about and 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 maybe schedule a session with you? Yeah, totally. Um, Instagram, Facebook, at Thrive and Recovery with Amy. Um, I do lots and lots of videos so you can really get to know me. Um, I'm a great storyteller. So that's a great place to find me. My website at Thrive and Recovery. Everything's at Thrive and Recovery with Amy. Okay. It's okay. very exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's like, you know, all the things there and come closer. Yeah. A Good. fun ride. Absolutely. And I'll make sure all that stuff goes into the show notes so you guys can just click on the, the notes below and and uh, you know, check out Amy's website. And make sure you uh if you have any any um questions or whatever, please reach out to her. We don't have to suffer um, something easy like this morning, just reaching out to somebody, like you said, disconnect from it and, and stop the stop the crap. It's simple, but we don't have to live our lives the way we live them. And there's a lot of us out there that do, unfortunately. And um, some simple techniques that Amy can teach you, I really recommend you guys really getting out there and kind of uh, exploring her website. So Amy, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate it. And I'm glad we were able to get this uh, interview together since July. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. been a pleasure and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll stay in touch and maybe we'll get you on again or, and, uh, you know, see where, where the next chapter of your life is taking. You, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sky, any closing right. words before we, we head out? No, this is great. I wrote down curiosity is my friend and it gets me out of my judgment. I'm like, I'm loving that. Loving it. <laughs> great show. Great show. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much and uh, stay sober, everybody. This concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates and enjoy free access to twice daily support meetings. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery.